Hi, my name is David Vaughn. I'm so glad you're watching today. I just finished a book. It may sound a little morbid to you, but I, I was actually fascinated by it. It was a book about people's final words before they died. For instance, singer Frank Sinatra, last words on planet Earth, I'm losing it, he said. Automaker Henry Ford, last words, I'll sleep well tonight. Thomas Edison said, it's very beautiful over there. Elvis Presley's last recorded words, I'm going to the bathroom to read. <laughs> That's weird. And then Michael Jackson's last words, more milk. He wasn't talking about dairy. He was referencing the nickname that he'd given to the anesthetic propofol on which he overdosed. Jack Daniels, some of y'all are familiar with that name and that drink, but the real Jack Daniels, his last words is not going to surprise you. One last drink, please. But Harriet Tubman, I loved her last words. They're filled with hope. Swing low, sweet chariot. You know, last words are important. They reveal a lot about a person. And in Matthew chapter 28, it records Jesus' final instructions, his last word to his disciples. Here were his last words. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. That's the word we want to talk about today. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them then to obey everything I have commanded you. Have you ever wondered why Jesus commanded baptism as part of his final words. Why didn't he just say, hey, make disciples of all nations by requiring them to memorize my genealogy? Why didn't he say that? Or why didn't he say, make disciples of all nations by making a trip to the Holy Land? I'm not just talking about Kentucky, the Holy Land now, the real Holy Land. Why did he command us to immerse, baptize, go all in and all under the water with new disciples? because there are benefits from it. A few years ago, we had a man uh, start attending our church who grew up Catholic. Many of you watching this grew up Catholic on the west side, but he grew up and he had been sprinkled for baptism as an infant. And one of the first Sundays he came, he said, preacher, I just want you to know right now up front, you're never going to get me dunked in that water. That's the way he put it. I said to him, you know, I'm really not here to get you dunked which wasn't entirely true. That was maybe not all accurate. I did want him to get immersed because I knew it would change his life. But he said, you'll never get me in there. But it wasn't long before he was in that water. That guy who said he would never be dunked kept attending. He kept hanging around. He fell in love with Jesus. The people hear the Bible. It wasn't too long before a guy named Charlie Howard went all in and I dunked him. He's a little ornery. He doesn't know it, but I held him under the water a little longer. <laughs> but now, Charlie, man, he's a free man. He's now leading our food pantry ministry, just doing a great job. That's the benefit. That's why Jesus said, in his final words, be baptized. Well, today is the climax of our Good News Tour, and I want to conclude this message by talking about a guy named Cornelius who, like Charlie, went all in and another man named Peter who needed to be prompted to help his friend Cornelius go all in. Every one of you watching today is like one of these guys. Every one of you watching today has a step to take. Everyone listening needs to go all in today about something. So let's just jump right into the story of 
Cornelius and a guy named Peter. In Acts chapter 10, it says, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius. And it gives a descriptor of who he was. He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. So he's not a Jew. He's a Roman Gentile in charge of a, a, a lot of soldiers, a hundred, many regiments. His was known as the Italian regiment. I mean, maybe he like ate at La Rosa's with other Italian, but I don't know. Anyway, he was a Gentile. All of the Jews, as you know, if you studied the Bible, they went through a certain little procedure. We might call it a snip snip. I don't, I don't understand why I have to talk about all this stuff. Anyway, the Jews had a certain procedure. This guy and all Gentiles did not. The Jews would not consider the Gentiles worthy of conversion. But he, this guy Cornelius, and all his family were devout. It says, and they were God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. So he's a pious candidate. I love this scripture because it says, he gave generously. One of the signs that God is alive and working in your life is you become generous. Instead of a hoarder, you become a giver. We have learned that a lot around Whitewater. And we have an opportunity actually this weekend to be just like Cornelius and give generously to those in need. We got a program we do every year. It's called Shoes for Souls. Oh man, it's awesome. We buy shoes for kids in school and, and give them to our partner, our school partners. And these kids, I wish you could see their faces light up when they get a new pair of shoes for a new school year. And man, I can't tell you how important it is this year especially that we give generously in that way. So we're asking all of our Whitewater friends and family to purchase some shoes, bring them back next week. That's going to be real important. Those who are attending in the outdoor service got a card on that. And uh, I just can't tell you enough what a difference that makes. And so this guy, much like us, this guy had learned to be generous. But one day, it says in verse 3, at about 3 in the afternoon, he had a vision. I don't know if COVID, you've been taking some afternoon naps. Maybe around 3 o'clock, you may have visions too. This is a different vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, notice that he called him by name. Jesus, I may not know your name. We have thousands watching maybe right now. I don't know your name, but God knows your name. Cornelius. And he stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He said. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. I, I, let me just pause here. Even though this guy was uber generous, even though he prayed, more was needed than just good works. Good works are not good enough. There's still some steps. One of those steps is going to be, we're going to find out, baptism, going all in. But your prayers, your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. Hey, listen, I've been to the Holy Land. You might be able to go with us sometime in the future. I have stood right here in Joppa, right here in the house by the sea where this occurred. It's amazing to think that this happened, and I can see where it happened. But when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier, somebody who trusted, who was at, at one of his attendants, and he told them everything that had happened. And he sent them to Joppa. Coincidentally, about noon the following day, Peter now enters the scene. 
See, this is a conversation, a conversion story of two men. One is going to be Cornelius, who needs to go all in. The other is this guy, Peter, who needs to go all in and be converted his heart about how he views other people. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up to the roof to pray. He became hungry. That would be true for me, maybe you, about noon. He wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. So we also kind of have as, as, a, as a dream. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheep being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now the Jews not only had restrictions about their body, but about their diet. And they were not allowed to eat certain things that Gentiles ate. I'm thankful that I was, I'm not a Jew because here's what I like a lot, barbecue. Jews would never eat barbecue. He says, Peter said, I can't eat that. I can't do that. Surely not, Lord. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean, he says. Could you, could you say that? I don't know if I could. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not, and this is the learning for him and us, by the way, do not call anything impure that God has made clean. God is setting Peter up not with food and animals, but with people. He's got to change his perspective and how he saw other people because the Gentiles saw uh, something different than the Jews. The Jews saw in the Gentiles an unclean person. So God's not talking about animals now. He's talking about those people. I bet some of you have a, a vision, a perspective of those people, whoever those people are, and you see them differently. And if you're not careful, you will demonize them because you're not in relationship with them. You'll see them as not even worthy of God's love or out of touch in God's saving power. Nothing could be further from the truth. So God's got to get Peter, who was the early church leader, he's got to get him converted to go all in for people. And notice it says in verse 16, this happened three times and immediately the sheep was taken back up to heaven up and down this sheep with animals three times three times one two three something about peter in threes he always had he denied the lord three times he recommitted to the lord three times uh, three times the rooster is going to crow and you'll deny me he was all about three and while peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision the men sent by cornelius found out where simon's house was and they stopped at the gate and he had a conversation with them. He invited these guys into his house. Man, nothing more powerful right now than showing hospitality in COVID-friendly ways to your neighbors. It says, the next day, Peter started out with them, went back with those guys to Cornelius' house, started out with them, and some of the believers from Joppa went along. And the following day, he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them. Again, this Gentile, this godly, pious guy who needed to be baptized, still a believer, hadn't completed the process yet. He was expecting them. And he called together his relatives, his close friends. And as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up, stand up. He said, I'm only a man myself. So notice Peter is starting to humbly recognize who he is. He right-sizes himself in God's cosmic equation. And he says, hey, why did you send for me? Uh, you know, what can I do? And Cornelius tells him the story of this dream that I'm supposed to send for you. He said, so I sent for you immediately, and it was good 
of you to come. This is the Good News Tour. All kinds of good things happen when we go where Jesus sends us, where we come to where he is. Now we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. That's a preacher's greatest dream. When you have an audience of family and friends, say, tell us what God wants us to do. We'll listen to everything he wants us to know. And then Peter began to speak and said, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Did you get the memo, God saying to Peter, I care about everybody, Jews and Gentiles, male and female, all colors, all creeds. The race I care most about is the human race. Finally, Peter gets that. He preaches a simple message on Jesus about his death, his burial, his resurrection, and notice now the end of the story. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The Holy Spirit's really engaged in this all-in process. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues, other languages, and praising God. Then Peter said, notice what the next, the very next step is after you believe. The Holy Spirit is working. Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. Let nothing stand in their way. I'm going to make an appeal to some of you watching online right now. Don't let anything. If the Holy Spirit convicts you to do something about this message, don't let anyone or anything stand in your way of being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. This is important. Not baptized in David Vaughn's name, any man's name. It's the God-man, Jesus Christ. And then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Why did he stick around for a couple of days? Well, maybe he wanted to sample some of that new food. I don't know. But I think they needed someone to stride with them, to follow up with them. That's why our program of mature believers being coupled and connected with those who have gone all in. It's so important. You need to spend some days talking with people. Well, man, what a great scripture. What a great story. So I want to just speak some words of application, maybe some words of inspiration right now to two groups of people who are here today who I mentioned need to go all in. For all of you who are watching today who are Peter, here's the word for you. Go all in. I'm asking you to go all in. Go all in with your neighbors. Those of you watching this who are already in the category of what I would call the already convinced, you know about Jesus, you love Jesus, you have a relationship with Jesus, you need to double down on loving and reaching people who are far from God right now. People who look different than you, especially those that look different from you. Many of you are all upset about all the affairs going on in our world. I get that. Many of you are upset about what's going on in the church. I get that. I'm asking you to move from outrage to outreach. Go all in for something that is productive. Quit fussing and griping and moaning and get moving toward the person God is leading you who, and he's already prepared the way. Those Cornelius neighbors of yours that you think are far from God, that's exactly like Peter who he's sending you to. I love the story uh, about a guy up north who stopped in a restaurant in the south and he saw grits 
on the menu. You know, food is uh, cultural. Uh, some of you understand, when you, if you're from the South, you understand what grits are. I love grits too. There's not a lot that I don't like. That's a problem for another sermon. But this guy saw grits on the menu. He never heard of grits before. He, he's open to trying them, but, you know, he's not sure he wants a whole order of them. So he asked the waitress if he could order just a single grit. <laughs> the waitress looked up at him and said with that sweet southern drawl, honey, Grits don't come by themselves. Then she said, bless your heart, which is a Southern way to say you're an idiot. But anyway, grits don't come by themselves. And can I just say this? People don't come to Christ by themselves either. You are watching this today because someone invited you or told you to do so. Someone told you about Jesus. You're in this cosmic redemptive link. So be good news. Go all in with the good news. But before you try to share good news, you need to be good news. We might even call that gritty evangelism. So if you're Peter here today, you have a chance, a decision to go all in with your neighbors. Then for all of the Corneliuses watching today, some of you are in that camp. You're in that category. I'm asking you to go all in yourself. Not just go all in for your neighbors, but how does this apply to me? I'm inviting you to text us, to contact us, to email us here at the church and do what Cornelius did to go all in and be baptized. And there are so many good reasons why people go all in. Some of you watching this may be the first time you've heard anybody explain it in this way. I'm a kind of a simple-minded guy. Some of y'all said, I knew that. All right. That just has to be simple for me. So let me try to give you the simplest way to explain what I'm asking you to do. Some of you have all of your life thought that you were kind of like Cornelius. I'm okay with God. I'm good enough. I give to the poor. I, I give to United Way. I helped that homeless guy one time. I'm a pretty good person, which basically means you didn't kill anybody. You didn't murder anybody. It's funny how we compare our righteousness to those who are not very righteous. But your standard of comparison is perfection. It's Jesus. And if you're not like Jesus, and you've gone your whole life with one sin, you're the people that need to listen to this. If you've lived your whole life perfectly, then you don't need to be baptized. If that's you, would you call me? Because I've never met anybody who did it. And if you say you are, you pretty much lied, so you're disqualified right there. But some of you are like Cornelius. Man, you're good-hearted people. But you need to take the step. The next step of going all in. Some of you watching were baptized and sprinkled as a baby. Your mode, your heart was right, but the mode was not. You've never been immersed. You don't remember it. Now you have the opportunity to build on that foundation established at your birth. It's not discrediting your past. You're not like rejecting your family. The word baptized literally means to dip, to immerse, to plunge. And usually, uh, in every case in the Bible, it was a, a, a place in baptism where they remembered it. And so we do like Bible things in Bible ways here. We want you to be baptized at a point when you remember. Most of us who were sprinkled as children, we don't remember. Our parents did an awesome thing for us. Now we're asking you to build on that foundation. And can I just say I've been baptizing people pretty much my whole ministry life. I've never yet met a single person who was sprinkled as a baby, who regretted their decision to later be immersed. 
Some of us watching may have been baptized for all the wrong reasons, and we're struggling with our assurance. Maybe we were only baptized because our friends were, or our parents pressured us. And this time, you want to go all in for all the right reasons. Some of us have just been procrastinating this baptism. Our pride is standing in our way, and we've just been putting it off for way too long. Don't do that anymore. If this is you today, I want you to listen to Peter's words again and let nothing, nothing, no one stand in the way of you being baptized. This is the same Peter, by the way, who said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the very first sermon ever preached to a group of people in the book of Acts, and they were convicted about what they did to Jesus. They realized they were sinners. And here's what Peter told him to do. Repent. And be baptized. The same Peter now. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Every one of us watching. In the name of Jesus. For the forgiveness of sins. And the gift of the Holy Spirit. I love it. And again I told you I was going to say something simple. I love this verse. Because it tells us to do two things. And then we get two things. What are the two things that we do? We repent. Which means we feel bad about our sin. We're convicted. We want to change. And then the second thing is we're baptized. So we do two things, repent and be baptized. We get two things as a benefit for that. Forgiveness of sins and the gift of that Holy Spirit that Cornelius experienced. I don't know about you, but I love the feeling of being forgiven. Some of you watching now have done some stuff that nobody knows about. It's a secret. It's haunted you your whole life. I'm offering you a chance to be forgiven for everything you've ever done. I mean, only Jesus could do that. Some of us have trouble forgiving ourselves. This is your chance to go all in. There's nothing magical about that water, but the spiritual side of that is our sins are washed away. When we believe and repent and accept Jesus and get baptized, we have forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. My favorite story about this is with an older lady who returned to her home uh, late one night from church, she was, when she walked in, it was late at night, she was startled by a stranger in that dark house, and she actually caught a man in the process of robbing her home. She didn't have a weapon. She did the only thing that she knew to do. She yelled out, stop, Acts 2.38, that very scripture that we just read. Man, the burglar stopped dead in his tracks. The woman calmly called the police, explained what she had done. And as the officer arrived and cuffed the man to take him in, he said to the guy, I mean, you're a burly guy. Why did you just stand there? All that old lady did, did was just yell scripture to you. Scripture, said the burglar. I thought she said she had an ax and two thirty-eights. Okay, I don't know. But knowing scripture can actually save your life in more ways than one. So like Cornelius, going all in, going all under, is probably the very next right step for you. If you do a thorough read of the New Testament, you will find that every single person who moved out of religion, man, Cornelius had some religion of good works. Everyone that moved out of religion and into relationship accepted God's response, did so by doing several simple things. In fact, it's as simple as A, B, C, D. A stands for admit. Admit humbly that you are a sinner, you're in need of a savior. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're not good enough to earn it. If Cornelius was not, you're not. B stands for believe. Believe exclusively on Jesus as God's son. 
Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. C stands for confess. Admit, believe, confess. Confess publicly your faith in Christ. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. And then there is a D, and that's where we're at today. Demonstrate decisively your allegiance to Christ by repenting of that sin and being baptized. It's doing the Acts 2.38 process. Baptism is basically the public declaration of our faith. Friend, it's as simple today as A, B, C, and D. Now, let me hasten to say this. I gave you some reasons why you should be baptized and go all in. Let me give you some reasons why you shouldn't go all in today. What? Really? Are you going to try to talk me out of it? Maybe. For instance, if you're not willing to completely trust Christ, don't do it. It's kind of like hypocritical. I mean, you're not serious about it. That means you're going to be perfect from then on. You're baptized so that you can become perfect in Jesus. But, you know, if you're just like doing it just to do it, just to please David or please someone else, don't do that. Do it for Jesus. If you're not willing to like say, God, I'm sorry, don't do it. You just like maybe come up a wet sinner. That may mean that today watching this message, we may actually have less people be baptized. That's okay. Because we're looking for disciples, not just decisions. Now you can become a disciple after making a decision, but there's some reasons why you should go and reasons why you shouldn't go. I bet you probably have some questions too uh, about what we do when we baptize people. David, that's nice, um, and, and I, that's really cute, well, everything you said, but Davis, um, I'd like to be baptized, and I, th- and I think I understand what you're saying, but, but what about COVID? COVID, COVID. it's reality, that, that's a isn't it? COVID right 19. Well, you'll be pleased to know that when we do baptisms, John, thank you for asking. Of course. <laughs> You'll be pleased to know that we're going to wear masks when we baptize people now. Uh, Yeah, the water's chlorinated. The water's heated. We're all ready for you. Don't let COVID chaos keep you from Christ and the next right thing. The Cornelius effect is more powerful than the corona effect. Corona effect. Ooh, that's yeah. good. That wasn't even in yeah, my notes. That was really good. You, you should hold on to that one. I should. Too. Yeah, but David, I am worried about what others think. Yeah. You know, there's, there may be a lot of people watching yeah. when I would do, like, I'm worried about what others would think. Yeah, I, I get that. I used to worry and still do too much about what others think about me. I get that. But don't let other people's opinions keep you from doing what God wants you to do. It didn't stop Cornelius. I mean, this guy went on in front of family and friends, and I get that. You got to make a decision for you. Okay, but David, yeah, I'm nervous. Man, I so get that. I am too. <laughs> Whenever I preach a message like this about baptism, about going all in, the, the most nervous person in the room is me. That just means it's really important. In fact, if you think about it in your life, the things that, that the butterflies stir and you're all, sometimes even paralyzed, those are the exact times. Those are defining moments. That means it's really important. Like when you get married, uh, uh, this is just one of those okay. watershed events in your life like graduation. Okay, you, you said water. So, yes. all right, um, David, but David, I, I, I don't know if I want to get wet. 
Well, it's going to be hard for you to get baptized then, John. I'm just saying. But here's my pushback. For those of you who say, I don't want to get wet. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) You know, is that really the reason? You tell me that Jesus came to earth. He was whipped. He was scourged. He was crucified. And you don't want to get wet? Yeah, go away. Get get, get away. Get thee behind me. (laughs) You know what? You can make up any excuse. I found out a long time ago as a leader that if you don't want to do something, any excuse will do. So like Cornelius, do away with the excuses. Why don't you make this happen? Why don't you contact us? Why don't you email us up? Our goal this year is to baptize 365, actually because it's leap year, 366 people. We're up to like 158. By the time you may see this on TV, it may be more. I'm telling you, you will never regret this decision. In fact, I want to just show you a clip. Some of you watching on TV today or online on our online campus, you've never seen a baptism. You've never seen anybody go all in. I want to just show you a sample of some modern-day Corneliuses going all in. Check this out. And then when I was sitting in my seat, I didn't want to go up. I wasn't going to go up. And then I just felt the Holy Spirit. And I couldn't, I couldn't hold back. I had to do it. And I'm so blessed. And I'm so happy that I did. I always tell myself I'm going to go forward and and do it, and you know, but always end up holding back or not going. Right, so decided to make a commitment. Just maybe do do what was laid out for me to do in the Bible.
Did you see the joy on the faces of those people? Did you see the excitement? Again, we baptized hundreds this year. You could be the next one. If you are Peter, double down on talking to your neighbors, even those who you don't think are reachable. No one is unreachable. Maybe you are Cornelius and you need to be one of those ones that goes all in. We have a phrase we use sometimes around here. Every number has a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters to God. The 158 that have come this year so far, man, I wish you could hear their stories. And if you could, you would hear from them. Don't delay. Some of you have spent more time delaying your baptism than acting on your baptism. So I just want to close my message by praying for you to go all in. Father in heaven, thank you for Cornelius, for Peter, for these scriptures that tell us so much about ourselves and about people. And I just ask right now, as we contemplate what it is that you want us to do with this very message. This may very well be the message that engages someone watching right here today. Maybe they've been watching for months our church online or months on Star 64, but they've never really responded and connected with this local church. And God, there'll be some information on the screen here that will help people do that. May we not allow the devil to talk us out of what we know your spirit is leading us to do. And that's our prayer right now. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you watching online with our online campus, we want to take a moment and share communion together. Man, we've been studying Peter and Cornelius and Peter was in that upper room when Jesus was instituting the Lord's Supper and he said to his disciples, one of you in this room will deny me three times. Remember, Peter was all about the three. Oh, they asked, not I, Lord, not I, surely not I. And Peter, I'm sure, was the most boastful and proud of all. He ain't talking to me. It shows you that even those of us who have great faith can often fall and falter. And so as we get ready to take communion, I encourage you to get that, some bread, some juice, that whereby we might remember what Jesus instituted. His last word to the disciples before he went to heaven, go into all the world. But his last words before he went to his crucifixion were, remember me. This is what we will do right now. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to give you a chance to get those elements, those items. And while you are participating, while Laura leads us in a song, it's time for you to come clean with God. And you probably need to ask the Lord yourself like Peter did. Lord, is it I? Is it me? Have I denied the Lord in my life this week? And then if you have, which I'm pretty sure I have, in some ways, said, Lord, I don't trust you fully, freely. There's some ego here. If that's you, after that time of uh, thinking and pondering, after this moment of introspection, ask God for forgiveness and thank him for the forgiveness he provides in Jesus. Father, 
as we now break this bread and have this juice and we remember you, I pray, God, that we would do that just like Peter and those people did with a heart of humility and a heart of analyzing ourselves in light of the sacrifice you gave. At the end of the day, God, baptism doesn't save. It is the blood of Jesus Christ dying for us that saves. The water is where we meet and come in contact with the sacrificial death of Jesus. And so help us today. Two ordinances we've talked about, baptism and now the Lord's Supper. And we thank you for both. In Christ's name, amen. Jesus gathered with those disciples. He broke bread. He blessed it and said, take eat. This is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Take that bread. And then after supper, he took a cup. He lifted it up and said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Drink the cup. Father, help us to be bold in going all in for you. Help us not to shrink back. Help us to have courage. Help us have the courage of Cornelius to go all in, the courage of Peter to talk to his new friend. May that be true for us this week. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I scarce can take it in. 
you take away.